Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Testing, one, two. All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions Podcast. I'm your host, Emanuel Heke. Hope you guys had an amazing, amazing, amazing week. Forgive me if you hear my sinuses or you hear a little wheezing. Um, and pray for me as well. I had, or I've been having, an asthma flare. Um, so I could definitely use you guys' prayers with that one. Um, I actually haven't had trouble with my asthma in over five years, but unfortunately, this has come about as of recent, but the Lord is faithful, you know what I'm saying, Um, and yeah, I could always appreciate your prayers, and I could always appreciate prayers about my health, prayers for my family, prayers for me, and my faith, and my walk with Christ as well, Um, and we're going to kind of talk about some of that stuff today, because um, we're going to talk about people in leadership christians that are in leadership christians that are in that are in positions of influence um this episode is inspired by the recent news i'm sure that a lot of you guys listen to maverick city um you guys heard like last week that um they have put a pause on their relationship with dante bow because of some of his behavior and whatnot and um i will say man i am happy i'm somewhat happy with the reactions that people had that i saw from what I saw, there was a lot of people that were encouraging prayer for this person. But I also hear that there must have been like a good handful full of people <clears throat> that were kind of like, you know, really kind of just coming off really judgy and like condemning him and whatnot. But um, before we go on and we talk about an entire conversation that's inspired by that, I do want to take this time and we're going to pray for Maverick City. We're going to pray for Dante And we're going to pray for Christian leaders and Christian influencers. So, Father God, I thank you for this moment that you've given us on this podcast episode, Lord Jesus. um, I pray, Lord, over this message that it truly um, blesses us, oh God, and gives us instruction on what we ought to do uh, whenever we see a brother or sister in Christ um, step down or fall short or whatever it might be, oh God. Um, And I just pray, Lord, for Dante. I pray for Maverick C. I pray for any people of influence that you have placed, Lord Jesus. Um, Pastors, leaders, deacons, musicians, all of that, Lord. Um, Father, we understand that they come under heavy temptation and they need to be held under a higher sense of accountability a high, to a higher standard, Lord, because of their position and their leadership. And we pray that you um, help them and empower them, Lord Jesus, as we know the devil goes after these people so harshly. Um, and it's a lot of pressure at times and so on and so forth, oh God. But help them, Lord Jesus, um, to to hold on to you, God, no matter what, Lord Jesus, and continue to influence them and change them from the inside out, Lord Jesus, and change all of us from the inside out because none of us are... are um, righteous by our own works, Lord Jesus, but it's you that makes us clean, you that purifies us, you that makes us better as we open up to you, O oh God. So, um, and also, Lord, I pray, Lord, you continue to make us Christians bold, Lord, um, to make sure that we do not settle for bad behavior and that, you know, we be accountable, we keep our leaders accountable, we keep our um, our influential people accountable as well, Lord Jesus, just to make sure that we are exemplifying you in spirit and truth, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So let's get to this episode. Um, You know, I first want to say, man, you know, I'm going to be talking about 
you know, praying for leaders and and being uh, and and influencers and so on and so forth. But I do want to say this, man. Um, for all the leaders out there, God has called you to be front and center in some type of sphere. Um, do understand that you are under a magnifying glass or a microscope, whatever one that you, whatever one helps this analogy. Um, you know, does it look always look fair that you are being judged by other people in ways that they don't even live up to themselves? No. However, the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, when you are on that stage, when you are on that pulpit, when you are in the position of influence, you are put on a level where everyone is supposed to see you and God has exalted you to that place so you can exemplify Christ, so you can put the glory back in his hands and point people to him. There is a higher standard. There's a way that you must behave yourself that is above approach. And we do not stray away from that as believers. We should not sympathize with a constant bad behavior. We should not sympathize with, you know, people drifting away and still giving them that mic or giving them whatever it might be. And I want to make that very clear. I want to make that very clear. But at the same time, when we see one of our leaders or one of our influencers fall short, it is not the time to say, let's clap our hands because we got him out of there or we got her out of there. It's a time to pray for that individual. It's a time to encourage that individual. It's a time to gather together and have that fellowship and lift our brothers and sisters up. Because what we're going to talk about today is how we need to understand that when you are given more responsibility and when you are given more influence, the devil don't like that. The enemy does not like that. And we would be fools to think that the enemy just never turns it up a notch with the people he knows that if they fall away, it's going to be very impactful to other people. It's going to be very impactful to how the world perceives the church, so on and so forth. The Bible says, and we're going to get to this because we got scripture today, that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking to whom he can devour. The devil's always on his toes, always on his toes, trying to knock us off. And sometimes there are some of us that get too cocky and too confident about where we are at in our faith to where when he knocks one person off, we think, what's wrong with that person? That would never be us. <laughs> you think it won't be you. You think it won't be you. You know, I had a conversation <clears throat> I had a conversation. Why? It's really something I've been asking God for a long time. Like, why is it that when we look out into the world, we see this influential person or this pastor or this deacon or whoever might be messing up, doing something terrible? Now, I'm not Catholic, but you know all the stuff about the priests and touching kids and all that different stuff. You see that stuff. You see pastors committing adultery. You see... um um. People falling short in different ways, so on and so forth. All these influential people. Now, it's not fair to make it seem like that is the summary of everything that's going on. 
Um, that's absolutely not fair. And I would never characterize the church as a place of that. I think that's very unfair that the world does that, but they know why they do that. Right. But you do see it. You see it. You know what I'm saying? Like you see people of influence, people that are put in these positions that have been exalted, these positions, they're falling short. And I used to ask God, why don't you bring up those that are really devoted to you? Why are you allowing these ones that are so, you know, somehow to 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 exemplify you to these positions to where everybody's looking up to them why is it that they get to this place and wow they're sugarcoating the gospel they're preaching prosperity gospel they're messing up in these ways they're not faithful to their wives or they're not faithful to their husband or whatever it might be like why why do you keep on bringing up these or why aren't you bringing up the real ones that are devoted to you and after your heart and what the holy spirit communicated to me was that he does he does that's what scripture tells us that when we humble ourselves under his mighty hand in due time we are exalted you know for some of us yeah that's gonna happen i believe that some of us that happens in the afterlife to a degree that happens to all of us in the afterlife but even here in this in this world today there are some people where god they've humbled themselves in the mighty hand of god and god has brought them up to a position to where they can be influential to where they can have this they have this power they have this authority to teach or this authority this power to heal to prophesy to you know everybody's looking at them and they are there to point people to christ and he does he does call these devoted people he does call these mighty people and some of them are continuing to do great things and you just don't hear about it but what i want to talk about today is that he will call these devoted people but the devil will also turn it up a notch to bring these people down He'll call these devoted people, people who have shown that they have been devoted to Christ their entire life. But when they get up to that mountaintop, there is a battle, ladies and gentlemen, and you don't see it. That's not something you see on the pulpit. That's not something that you see um, on the TV screen or, or on TikTok or on Instagram. It's a, there's a battle for their soul. And a lot of us, we fail to acknowledge it. That the devil seeks to pin, he, he's, he, he's a strategist. And I don't, I don't like talking too much about the devil and like, I don't want to like glorify him in any way or, or talk about how great he is at something. But it's just like, we do need to understand that we can't face him by ourselves. We cannot. We cannot. We are helpless without Christ. And the devil was going to press towards these people, these devoted people of Christ. And I know for a lot of people, they believe once saved, always saved, you know, all that different stuff. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I don't agree. That's where I'm at right now. I know people have different, you know, you know, beliefs on that. I don't believe once saved, always saved. I'll say it right there. I don't believe it. I believe that someone can be saved. And then they can also decide to leave Christ and Christ is not going to stop them because he's not forcing anybody to be with them. That's what I believe. We can go back and forth with scripture on another time. <laughs> um, 
But um, I'm going to give you some examples of people who were devoted to the Lord for a majority of their lives, put in this position of leadership, exalted, having a you know jurisdiction, power, and authority. But that doesn't mean that they're infallible, and that doesn't mean that they stayed that way. Let's talk about King Solomon. You know, like, I feel like all we talk about with King Solomon is about how, you know, he's a man that asked for wisdom instead of riches. So God gave him wisdom and riches and he was so wise. And at that time, there was no one more wealthy than him in the entire world. You know what I'm saying? Like we talk all this good stuff for Solomon, Solomon's temple. He built a temple for God. But some of us don't know that towards the end of his life, Solomon fell away. Now. God knows what happened on his deathbed. I'm not I don't remember if uh scripture says that he ever came back, but I think he might have died that way. I, I could be wrong, but I'd have to read that again. But in Kings chapter eleven, verse one to eight, we're gonna read that right now. And this is towards the end of Solomon's life. This is when he gets older. Mind you, by this time he's built a temple, he has these riches that God has given him, he has the wisdom that God has given him to rule. You know, he's been doing an amazing job. He's seen peace in his years, he's seen conquering, and you know, he he's he's been just conquering in life. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, not first Corinthians, first Kings chapter 11, sorry, verse one. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. He married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidom, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth, meaning their royalty, and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. Look at that. In Solomon's old age, in his old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth the goddess of, of the Sidonians, and Moloch, man, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. On, a mountain of, on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and another for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. Man, may God bless you hearing and understanding this word in Jesus' name, amen. Man, yo, Solomon of wisdom, Solomon of riches, Solomon who built the temple of the Lord was the same Solomon who in his old age turned his back on the Lord and built shrines to Moloch. Google Moloch. Cover yourself in the blood of Jesus first. <laughs> oh, man. Moloch, the god of child sacrifice and, and prostitution rituals. That's the Solomon, the king of Israel. I'm telling you. Let's read another one. This is King Uzziah in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. You read that chapter. It's really all about him. He gets a chapter. Um, 
It says that he served God. And for as long as he served God, he was prosperous. God made the things in his life prosper until we get to uh, to verse 16 when it says, But when he had, King Uzziah, he had become powerful, he also became proud, mm, which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord his God by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. And if you don't know, that was exclusively the job of a priest, but he did it anyways because he was proud. He thought, I'm the king. Look how prosperous I am. I can do whatever I want. And what happened, uh, the rest of the story, is that God struck him with leprosy because of his sins, and he died a leper, separated from his own kingdom. Hmm. These are men that devoted majority of their lives to following God, to being faithful to the Lord. For one of them, it was lust that deterred him. For the other one, it was pride that deterred him. And some of us, when we see Christian leaders and, 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 and influencers fall away, we get cocky to the point where we think that, look at them. That could never happen to me. If, I, if God put me in that situation, I'd never do something like that. And trust me, I used to be that person as well. But I'm not that person anymore. And no, it's not because I'm not confident in my salvation. It's not because I'm not confident in my relationship with the Lord. But Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Apostle Paul tells the Philippians, he says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We as believers are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I know people think, oh, we're supposed to be scared of God. We're supposed to be trembling in fear with God. Other versions will say awe and reverence. But when I read this, I think the, the clearer way to apply this to your life is to move with caution. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care if you were born and raised in the church. I don't care if your parents are, are leaders in the church. I don't care if you have a if you're a pastor's kid. I don't care if if you you gave your life to Christ at an early age. I don't care if you serve in your church to this day. Maybe you're on the pulpit right now. Maybe you're on the worship team. I don't care what it is. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling because do not be deceived. The devil is stronger than you. And some of us, we get to the point where we feel like, oh, I know God. God is with me. God is here with me. So then we even act like he's not there. We think that, you know, we don't have to put in our devotion time. We don't have to put in our prayer time. We don't have to put in our personal time with the Lord to do things in our heart. We think we've made it. So then there's no more work for God to be doing in our heart. But we should be consistently working out our salvation, moving with caution, being careful not to offend the Lord, being careful not to forget him, being careful to make sure we are obeying him. Be careful to make sure you remain humble. Be careful to make sure you are trusting him. Be careful to make sure that you are relying on the Holy Spirit and influ and, uh, and his influence to come through to you and impact your behavior, to, to be guided by him. God forbid you be a cocky Christian. Those are the ones that get swept up easy. 
I know the plans that God has for my life personally. I do. I know he has big plans. I don't I don't say that to uh be prideful anyway. Please trust me. God forbid. <laughs> God has been dealing with me. <laughs> but I say that because I don't think it's a coincidence that God has multiple times he sent people, he's told me personally, do not forsake our devotional time. That's what God told me multiple times. Do not forsake our devotional time. God forbid, but if you ever see me acting up, you guys ask me that. Have you been spending enough time with the Lord like he told you? But God forbid. I pray that never happens. Man. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. I said it before. It says, be sober. He's talking to young Christians specifically. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom, excuse me, seeking whom he may devour. The devil loves to knock off the influential Christians. He loves to knock off the pastors. He loves to knock off the Christian leaders, the church leaders. He loves to knock them off. Oh, he tries so hard with them. Oh, it's a special type of temptations he likes to send their way. And we need to be praying for these people, man. I'm not... In it. If there's any part of you that thinks that this episode was meant to help anyone dodge accountability, I rebuke that spirit because that's not what I'm saying. And I hope that you guys understand what's being said here today. What's being said here today is that when we see our brothers and sisters fall away, the first thing you do before you start clapping is to get on your knees and pray that they be restored. We correct with gentleness. We speak truth with love and we pray for our brothers and sisters who are struggling. We intercede for our church lead. How often you go to church? How often you better go to church? How often <laughs> do you pray for your pastor? How often do you pray for your spiritual mentor? Do you think they don't have temptations? Do you think that <laughs> do you think that pride will never come and try to knock on their door and say, "Look at everything that you have. This is all you're doing." Do you think that lust will never come? You think they they're not lustful at all? Do you think they they don't deal with that? <laughs> oh, come on. I tell you, man. Pray for your leaders. That's why I, when I when I started uh, this episode, man, you know I appreciate the the listenership. I appreciate the donations. Well, let me tell you something. Even more so than your donation, dare I say it? Please continue to donate. www.anetshowshit.com/slash/donate. Great. But even more than your donation. I am asking everyone that it feels like this unassociated has been helping them, feels like God has been using us 
feels like God has been touched you through us, please, please, please pray for us. Pray for me. Pray for Kendra. Pray for Danielle. Pray for everybody that is a part of the team. Pray for us. There are people that whose names that you don't even know, but pray for them. Say, God, everybody that's on that unassociated team, even the ones that will be in, there in the future, because we're actually going to um, start recruiting more people. If you're interested, you'll hear more about that. Pray for us. <sighs> Man. I'm telling you, the temptation, I can only, I can only um, expect a higher sense of temptation and um, or different forms of temptation to meet those that are exalted. You know, in Deuteronomy, um, I believe, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter 8 is when, you know, God is talking to the children of Israel that they've been through this place, you know, the wilderness for 40 years. You know, he's been testing them. He's been humbling them and all that different stuff. And he's about to bring them into the promised land. And he has to give them this warning that says in verse 11, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today. Man. Because there's the temptation that comes with success. For people to say that it was me, I'm the one that did it. I'm so convinced that all of these secular artists that we see, there's so many of them that God gave them that platform to tell people about him. But instead, when they get the award, they say it's me and my team. And instead, about, instead of talking about him, they talk about the drugs and the sex and the, and the for, uh, all the sins that you could think of. <laughs> it's not that God is not exalting the people that are devoted. It's that the people that are devoted are falling off. They're falling off. And we need to pray. Who are the intercessors? Who are the prayer warriors? Let that be a prayer point. You're praying for your leaders at your church. You're praying for the leaders in the church, in the church as a whole. <sighs> yeah. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this episode. And I just pray that it can really be um, a call to action for all of us, oh God, to really press into prayer and interceding on behalf of those that that you have exalted to be in a position for the sake of ministry for the sake of telling people about you and glorification of you oh god father we recognize that those tasks are not easy those tasks are not easy we recognize that sometimes they can grow weary we recognize that sometimes it's very very hard for them oh god but we pray that you help them to remain faithful Pray that you help them, Lord Jesus, to continue to be purified in the mighty name of Jesus. As you help them, Father God, to cast down all thoughts, arguments, and strongholds that exalt themselves against you. To bring them all into the obedience of Christ in the mighty name of Jesus, O God. 
Father Lord, I pray that they be prosperous on all the things that you have uh, that you have ordained for them to do. And Father God, they will not fall away. They will not turn away from you in their old age, O oh God. They will not become so proud that they will defy you, O oh God. They will not become so lustful that they will defy you, O oh God. They will not fall into the pit, Lord Jesus. Although the devil is like a roaring lion, O oh God, we are under the hand of the lion of the tribe of Judah, O oh God. So we do not fear that, that devil, O oh God. He flees from us, O oh God, as we stand steadfast, Lord, in your word and steadfast with our gospel armor in the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God. Father, let your power come down on your leaders, O oh God, those that compromise. Father God, those that sugarcoat. Father God, those that are doing a double life, O oh God, we cancel that in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, I'll even say cast down the ones that are not meant to be there anymore in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. And lift up those that ought to be there, O oh God, and sustain those that are meant to stay there in the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God. That is our prayer, O oh God. Purify your church, bless your church, exalt your church, O oh God, that we might tell others about you draw people to you oh god in spirit and truth we don't compromise those things we don't compromise truth oh god and we come to you lord jesus in sincerity oh god let your name be glorified in our lives let your name be glorified in the church let your name be glorified in the music we create in the art that we create in everything that we do oh god in our jobs in our meetings in our vacation in our social life, when we're at when we're at the gatherings everywhere, oh God, we will exemplify you. We will shine our light in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray. Amen. 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 And amen. Bible study is tonight. I'll see you guys tonight, 530. I love you guys. Peace.